All right, well, today we're looking at this topic of alone. Now, when some people hear the word alone, they think of, they think good thoughts. When some people think of the word alone, they think of bad thoughts. So I just was wondering, just a quick survey this morning, when you hear the word alone, and especially if it applies to yourself, alone, raise your hand if that is a good thing, that you get alone time, okay? All right, raise your hand, put them down. Raise your hand if you think alone is mostly a bad thing. That's me. Not a lot. Okay, so there's a lot of, a lot of alone, like I knew Ellen would say alone is good. Uh, but today we're going to be looking at alone, and what is, what is the, you know, there's different ways of thinking of alone, and so we're going to be kind of looking at some of these different options of what that looks like and how the Bible speaks to us as we are, even if we are alone. And when I, of course, when I was thinking about this sermon, I'm thinking mostly alone is bad because I'm an extrovert. I don't do anything, even, even if I go jogging, I take my dog. I don't, I don't, there's not, not a lot of things I like to do alone, uh, but it is a good thing to be alone sometimes. All right? All right, so... Um, we've been going through a series called Even If, and we've been going through looking at different topics that even if something happens, that we would still know something else, like trust God. So uh, we've been going through over this summer looking at, and I know that now this is the end of the summer with Labor Day. Tomorrow officially marks the end of the summer, so happy Labor Day weekend for all those that are here or watching online. Um, and so we've been going through even if different things. So we started off by looking at um, even if I doubt. Even if I doubt, we can know that God is true. And we saw this in Matthew 26, looking at Peter and how he doubted. And then we looked at then, even if I have nothing, from Isaiah 55, God provides for my needs. And then we looked at Matthew 11, looking at even if I'm wore out, the Lord offers refreshment. And then... Um, Dwayne preached a sermon from, from Daniel 3 about even if God doesn't deliver, that I will still obey Him alone. And then um, the, we, the next week, I preached about Psalm 27, about even if I feel anxious, even if I'm worried, even if I have anxiety all over, and I have that anxiousness, that we know that God is trustworthy. He can handle. He he is the one we go to with our anxiety. And then a couple weeks ago, we had the, 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 we had the picnic last week, but a couple weeks ago, uh, Micah Ward was here, and he was preaching about even if I falter, which really, and he said this better, he said e- it's not just even if I falter, it's, e- it's even when we falter. God is faithful to restore. And that is the really good truth that he looked at from Acts 3, 11, uh, 18 to to 26. And so today we're going to be looking at even if I'm alone. And so I encourage you to open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 42, and we're going to be going through this psalm today, Psalm 42. And in Psalm 42, it is, it says right at the beginning, it's, in some Bibles it says it's the second book of Psalms, which Psalms is divided into five books. So it's the second part of Psalms. And in, uh, in Psalm 42, uh, so Psalm, 
it is a, a very familiar passage at the, the first couple verses here. So Psalm 42, starting in verse 1, says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Verse 5, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God. All right, so in these first five verses of Psalm 42, what's, I'll just throw it out. What is one thing you notice about who it's uh, the, the personal pronoun? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. So what do, we, what do we guys notice about the personal pronoun? You see I a lot. Good job, I heard it from somebody over here. You, you see I. You see my. You see me. I counted it. If I counted right, I counted 15 times in these three verses that the psalmist is saying my or I or me. It's, it's very talking about myself. The psalmist is talking about myself. And so here, you know, we're very familiar with the song as the deer or as the deer pants for, for waters. You know, and that's, that's that, that great picture. I saw a deer out, out here in the field this week and the, 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 deer, the doe and, and the fawn Really pretty how they're just running through our pasture. And I don't know if they were, I mean, they're heading towards, they're heading towards the river. I don't know if that's where they're going, but, but I got this picture, and, and the psalmist is giving us this picture. As the deer is panting for water, that's what our soul is like panting for God. Our soul needs God like animals and people need water. We need nourishment. We need not just, for, not just physical water, but we need living water. Our soul is wanting God, needing God. And, and so, as we need God, it, in these verses here, it's talking about how, and then it kind of just switches here in verse 5. It it talks about me, 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 I, I, my, my. But then it switches really quick in, in part of verse 5 and it says, it kind of, the psalmist is kind of talking to itself or him or herself saying, now still asking, why is my soul, why my soul are you so downcast? It's like talking to yourself. Do you, don't raise your hand, but do you guys talk to yourself sometimes? Okay, so if you're laughing, you probably do. Or you know somebody that does. Don't elbow people. It, it's okay to talk to ourselves. I'm guessing he was alone. <laughs> or he or she was alone. Uh, well, it does. And, and so this psalmist is then talking about trying to convince 
himself or herself to put, you know, first of all, why are you so downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? And then the convincing part is like, okay, I'm downcast. I'm disturbed. Well, I know what I need to do is to put my hope in God. And then again, goes back to my, my Savior and my God. Put my hope, put all of my hope in God. Because when we look around and we put our hope in other things, it doesn't get us very far, does it? There's a lot of people right now that are putting their hope in, in this side or that side of the arguments that are happening, or they're putting their hope in, in what's happening in, around the world in different places. They're putting their hope in uh, you know, getting protection from the government, from uh, these hurricanes. I don't know. They're putting their hope in something. But when they're, if you don't put your hope in Jesus Christ alone, that hope is going to diminish quickly. And the pe- people are finding this out. That when we don't have our hope in the Lord, that hope is going to go away. So our first point today is that as children of God, now if, if you are a follower of Jesus, then when we believe alone that God gives us hope. We believe alone. When we are all by ourselves in what we believe, and the world around us is saying, believe in this, believe in that. You're an idiot for believing in God. There's no God. All this kind of stuff. But when we are by ourselves and we believe alone in Jesus, just like the psalmist is saying to ourselves, put put your hope in God. Not just God, my God and my Savior. Put your hope, put all of my hope in God who gives me hope. So when we believe alone, God gives us hope. Now, maybe you feel alone in your workplace. Maybe there's no other ones that believe in Jesus where you go to school. Or maybe it's that you're in your family. You're the only one. Or your extended family. Maybe your friends, your family, maybe your neighbors. Maybe there's not many people that really actually put their hope in God. And that's hard. That's really hard, isn't it? If you are the only one that believes in God alone. So where do you put your hope? You put your hope in my God and my Savior, the psalmist says. Put your hope in God. You know, if that's your case, where you don't have a lot of people around you that are believers, you know, I wish there was a place that, that believers could gather like some, some night, night of the week and they could open the Scriptures together and help each other learn the Scriptures Oh wait, there is, some, there is that place. On Wednesday nights, on Wednesday nights, right here in this building. You know, we have groups that are starting up this week. And they're meeting twice a month. That's not a big commitment. We, I mean, we're having Wednesday night, we're doing Wednesday night activities every Wednesday. But groups we have this week is a great opportunity to get in a group of people other people that are men or women or or moms, other kids or youth, and open the Bible together and and we can grow in our faith together. 
You know, if, that, if that's you, I encourage you to come on Wednesday night, seven, uh, 6.45. And, try, I'm not trying not to make this a commercial, but and invite your friends. Invite someone that you know needs to, they, they need to know Jesus. And you see someone that doesn't have their hope in God? An easy way to bring in with something, maybe they won't want to come to church on Sunday. Maybe they do. Invite them to church, but you also invite them to Wednesday night. See if they come and, and there's, it can be involved in opening the Bible together. Maybe they don't want to come at all to a church, but guess what you can do? You can open your Bible with them. And you can show them how you put your hope in God. So don't let someone saying, I don't really want to go to that group. Oh, I don't really want to go to that church. Be the barrier and be the end. Oh, I did it. That's all I can do. No, you can still say, here, let's, let's open the scripture together. Let's see how I put my hope. During these rocky times when, when now we have to wear masks again, and now, you know, there's all these, these things that people are upset about one way or the other. Where are we putting our hope? In Christ alone. All right, so let's continue reading in Psalm 42, starting, continuing in verse 6. And it says this, My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of the Hermon, from the Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All of your waves and breakers have swept over me. Day by, uh, by day, the Lord directs His love. At night, His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. All right, pause there. So we've been looking uh, a few different times. I've asked you guys about some Hebrew things, and I know I don't expect you to memorize things in Hebrew, but there is one place here that uses the Hebrew stem PL. Does anybody remember what PL kind of represents or means when we see a PL stem? That's how the, the verb, that's how the verb looks, but it also reflects what it means. Does anybody remember? Ah, I heard it, heard it from a few people. Good job. Really, really. Really. Okay, so let's look. Where is it saying really, really? And I don't want to make that the, the big emphasis all the time, but I'm just trying to remind us what, just a few things. So the really, really is in verse 8. In verse 8, it says, By day the Lord directs his love. So this word directs is actually... So it's PL, and it actually isn't the word direct. It's more commands. So the Lord is really, really commanding His love or His loving kindness, His hesed in Hebrew. He's, he's commanding, really, really commanding His love. Now, that's a kind of hard picture to understand because how can the Lord command His love? But that's, that's what we're trying to figure out because God is love. And so he commands or he directs his love in a strong way over to who? To us. Do you guys know that? By day the Lord is commanding and directing. He is giving us his tender mercy, his loving kindness to us. No hallelujah? No amen? 
Okay. Maybe I'm the only one excited about this, but God, God loves us. Yeah, there we go. Amen. God is, he's loving, he's, he's like the whole day is giving his love to us. And it doesn't matter what we're doing, he still loves us. And then it says that, the, that at night, so he, in the day he's loving us, but at night his song is with me. Now I just kind of get this picture of, you know, like when we're putting our baby to bed at night, we're like singing her a little song and we're rocking her to bed, like getting her ready to sleep. We're looking at like the love in our eyes of just love this little kid. We don't do that with our 10-year-old, but, but we still love our 10-year-old in the same way, don't we? Yeah, but we don't pick, pick up a 10-year-old. and do, but, but there's this picture of God just is sending his love to us and directing and commanding this great love to us. And just look at this little baby. He's holding, holding this baby and just singing over this baby tenderly. You know, I figured out, I think if someone is singing to someone, that means they really love them. All right? How many times has someone like sang to you? Like, oh, happy birthday. We, we all sing to you, of course. And, but the people that are singing happy birthday probably really love you, right? But how many times do people just come up and like start singing to you? Not a lot, probably, right? It's kind of awkward. But when I proposed, I sang to the girl I wanted to marry. You can talk to her about that later, but she did say yes. And we, we sing over these little kids. These, this is precious thing to sing because we love them so much. And this is the picture that God is, the psalmist is showing us about God loving us. Even when we are alone, and this is our, our second point today, even when we feel alone, God gives us his presence. He's singing over us. He's letting us know, I'm here. I love you. I'm with you. When we feel alone, that God is with us and giving us what we need. What we need the most is Him. Now, I I know some people might say, yeah, but I really want to get married. But 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 I really miss my spouse that died. But I really, really want to be in some good friendships. I, I wish my relationships at school or work or with my neighbors or friends, I wish they were better. Are any of those bad? No. But more than any of those things, God gives us himself. And that's way better. That's really, really, really better. So God gives us his presence, especially when we feel alone. In Isaiah 41, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you, God is saying. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will withhold 
Sorry, I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. God is with us and He's for us and He wants us to continue to do what He wants us to do in a loving relationship with Him. Remember, whenever we're we're talking about God, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not saying, hey, uh, make sure you read the Bible every day. Make sure you do say these certain prayers make sure no reading the bible yes praying yes but going to church yes those are good good things those are ways that we can grow those are ways that we can connect with god and i encourage you to do those things but not because you feel like you have to or because that's the right thing to do or because that's what everyone expects you to do no we do it because we get to know god better we get to open up his, his Scripture. We get to know His heart by, by studying this. Even if you're just reading one or two verses a day, let's meditate on His Word. And let's, let's, in, let's digest what He's saying so we can understand Him. And, and in enjoying His presence, like it says in Psalm 1, delighting on His law day and night. Now, I want to encourage you to respond to God's loving kindness. God's really, really directing or really, really commanding His love and singing over you His song at night. I want to encourage you to respond to that by seeking after Him and abiding in His presence, knowing that He is with us. But a lot of times what that means if we really want to understand that He's with us, we really want to grasp His presence, is we, need, we have a sin problem. And we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Not just like before we are Christians. We still sin. And so I encourage you, if you really want to feel God's presence, if you really want to draw closer to Him, pray this simple prayer. God, show me my sin. God, show me what I need to confess to be right with you. When we do that, God is not saying, I can't believe you did that again. I can't believe you still do this. I can't believe you treated this person like that. No, he says, here's the problem. Just confess it and then let's, let's move on. I will always forgive you. So let's not forget that we do have a sin problem and we need to confess our sin, especially whenever it comes to us. And the best way it's going to come to us is only by the Holy Spirit letting us know, hey, you don't feel close to God right now? That's not just coincidence. That's not just random. There's, a, there's some sin that you haven't confessed. Confess that sin. That's really important. All right, let's keep reading in Psalm 42. So we've looked at when we believe alone that, we put, that God gives us hope. And we, then we looked at when we feel alone that God gives His presence. And now let's look at the last part of Psalm 42, verses 9 to 11. It says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning? oppressed by the enemy. My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying, 
to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, my soul, well, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my God, or my Savior and my God. Does that verse look kind of familiar? Why do you think that verse looks familiar? <laughs> Anybody? Look back a little. Verse 11 and verse 5 are exactly the same. Some of you guys were getting that. Yeah. So the psalmist is like reminding their soul again. Why are you so dis- downcast? Why, why are you so disturbed? Soul, come on. Come on, person. Come on, myself. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. And, and yet, I will praise Him, my God and my Savior. So as we look at this, there's one more place. There's only two places in this psalm that use the verb, uh, the, this verb stem in Hebrew, PL. So one place was it, was it was showing God's loving kindness, how he was directing and commanding this really, really, this huge amount of loving kindness to us. It's hard for us to even fathom. And, and, and Paul talks about it in Romans 8, how, how big this is, God's love. But now the psalmist does exactly the opposite. He uses a PL stem here in verse 10. And he says, my bones suffer mortal agony. So this is like everything about me is like, ah, like, so, like in agony. My, can you, do any of your bones cry out in agony? Yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe, that might be a different thing. That might be more like old age or, or, Something. Not, maybe not old age on Ken's part, but, but maybe if your bones are crying out in agony, I mean, the, the psalmist is being really, it seems like he's kind of just being really dramatic here. But he says, as my foes, so these, my bones are like so crying out, but as my foes taunt me. So the people that are against you, the people that are your foes, which hopefully we don't have foes, but Sometimes we do have foes, and it's not, it sh- hopefully it's not on our part. By the way, if we ever have someone that we are against, we have a problem. If we are believing in Jesus, and He is my Savior, and I have a problem with somebody, and they are like, I consider them an enemy, or I'm against them, that's a big problem. It doesn't matter what they did, it's my problem. So I want to say when we're talking about foes and opposition, it's because people are against us and we're not doing anything that's, or we're not making it worse. You know, they, probably it's foes because of what I believe or what I, what I choose to do living for God. So if you, if, I just want to say that one more time. If, if anybody is against someone and they have Jesus in their heart and they trust Jesus, but you're still against someone, I mean, he talks about this in James, that, that can't make sense. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, then we forgive people. We don't hold it against them. It doesn't mean we trust them in the same way, but we forgive them, we let it go. They're not, we're not against them. Now, maybe they're against us, and that's a different thing. If they're against us, and I think this is what it's talking about here in this psalm, that my bones are in agony because they're taunting me. They're against me. And here this PL stem is saying, 
is letting us know that they are really, really either taunting or they're really reproaching me. This is like the opposite of what God is doing. God is sending His, like really, really commanding after His his loving kindness to us. And what are people doing? The opposite. They're reproaching me. They are taunting me. They're showing me that they are disgusted with me. And if that's a Christian, I kind of wonder if actually they are a Christian. Christian in name and Christian in a relationship with Jesus, surrendered to Jesus, are different things. And I'm not trying to scare you. It's just, if you're holding on to grudges, that's a real problem. For me too. If I hold on to grudges, that's a real problem. All right, so those people that are against us, that are taunting us, those are the foes that the psalmist is talking about. And they say all day long, where is your God? What's wrong? Why can't you trust God? All the bad things are happening to you. But where is your God? He's not a good God if He is a God. Because look, look how you're in agony. Look how you're suffering. I mean, Dwayne talked about that a few weeks ago when he was looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were going into the fire. And even if, even if God doesn't deliver us, they said, we're still going to obey Him. We're still going to trust Him. That's our attitude. That should be our attitude. Our third point today is that when children of God stand alone, they're by themselves in what they believe and what they feel, but not just that. They're actually standing up for Jesus and they're trying to do the right thing and no one else agrees with them. No one else is with them. They're standing by themselves. God gives them courage. God gives us courage when we're doing that. There's so many people, I know we keep talking about Afghanistan, but there's so many people, Christians around the world, that are standing up and saying, I'm going to church even if they kill me. I'm going to keep believing what I believe about Jesus even if I die. And they have courage. So when we stand alone, I believe that God is giving us courage to do what's right. You know, all throughout the Bible, there's places where people are standing alone. They're, trying, they're stepping up and trying to do what's right. I can think of, of David as a teenager going out and saying, I'm going to fight this, this Philistine giant. I don't care what happens. I don't, he's, he's against our God. And my God is with us. I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm going out there. God is giving him courage. I think about Esther. Esther, she knew that if the king didn't put his scepter down to her and say it was okay for her to come in and talk to him about what was going to happen to all of her people being killed, if he didn't put his scepter down, she wasn't going to have any message at all and she was going to be killed even though she was the queen. And if you want more examples, read the whole chapter of Hebrews 11. Especially at the end, when it's the people that we don't know about as much. There, it talks about what they were doing, courageous things for their faith. 
They were doing all kinds of things because they trusted and obeyed God. And God was giving them the courage to do what was right, even when it was hard and a lot of them died for it. So maybe you don't have the opportunity, or maybe it's not in your daily life where you're standing up for Jesus alone. Maybe you're at high school or at college or at your workplace and and there's people saying, where is your God? Maybe they're taunting you. Just want to punch them here. No, that's not the response. No. The response is to have hope in the Lord. To have to recognize His presence with us and that He gives us courage to do hard things. So our main idea today is even if I'm alone, God gives me all that I need. God gives us all that we need even if we feel alone, even if we're standing alone, and even if we are believing alone. God gives all that we need. And I think that is mostly what we need is Him. We need nothing else but Him. And He gives us courage. And He gives us hope. You know, people in disaster situations will live a lot longer if they have hope. And God gives us hope. And God gives us Himself. And God gives us courage to show people that even if it seems like everything is against us, that we trust in Him alone. You know, have you ever thought about why Jesus was constantly getting away from the crowd? Why He was constantly going off and seeking, solid, uh, seeking a, a, a place for Himself, by Himself, being alone? You know, He would leave the disciples and go off to the to a place to pray. Or he'd get up early in the morning and and go off and pray. It wasn't just that he needed that. He needed his time to connect with his Father. We all need that time to connect with God. We need time on a regular, and I'm not just going to say on a daily basis, but I'm going to say on a regular basis throughout the day, we need time with our God and our Savior. If he's the Lord of your life, that means that he's in charge and we need to ask him, what do you want from me? What should I do? How do I respond to this person? How do I, what, what should I do right now when I'm in, I, I don't know if I should do the right thing or wrong thing or there's a little bit of a gray area here. Help me to know what to do here. He, he's, if you ask, he's going to help. If you ask him, he's going to show you, do the right thing even though it's the hard thing. Even though it's the thing that could get you in trouble or that's not going to look good. Do the right thing. And often, being alone is the best opportunity to connect with God. So, if you have a lot of people around you, if you have a lot of, if you don't have much time in your week to get alone, I encourage you to find some, some space in your week that you can get alone, even if it's for five minutes here and five minutes there. Get alone and connect with the Lord. Open the Bible. 
meditate on his scripture day and night. Pick, pick just one or two verses and just read the same ones every day and, and ask the Lord to show you how to be more like him, to be more connected, to abide with him. Do you believe that? Yeah, I hope so. But sometimes our priorities and what we believe kind of fall away. You know, not that we don't believe it, but that life just gets too busy. We're going we're gonna to end with a song here in a minute. It's called Even If. Appropriate title, I know. Even If, and it's by Mercy Me. And, and they talk in this song, they're talking about their r- real need for Jesus. And it, it says, even, even if you don't, and they're talking about saving me. You, know, you have this mighty hand. My hope is still in you. It's in you alone. I know the sorrow. I know the hurt. It would all go away if you just say a word because God is all-powerful. He can do anything. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. And you've been faithful. You've been good all my days. And Jesus, I will cling to you. And so we're going we're gonna to re- respond in just a minute to this song. But I want to encourage you before that, just to take a minute to think about this question. How do I, or how can I, make alone time with the Lord part of my daily or regular life? Just take a moment, maybe write it down, talk to the Lord, think about it for this week. Lord Jesus, we need you. The biggest thing we need is you. And God, I pray that this week, even today, tomorrow, that we would find time, actually not just find time, we just would make the time to connect with you. Thank you that you are with us, God. But often it seems like we don't, don't feel your presence. We don't know what. We don't know what to do in hard situations. So God, I just pray that, that you, would, you would show us what we need to confess. That our hearts would be for you 100%. That we would be seeking you and, and just enjoying the loving kindness that you are really, really directing and commanding to us. That we would just feel your love and embrace that. And even when there's opposition and that, those, those taunts are really coming at us, that we would keep our hope in you and we would have courage to do the right thing, Lord. So I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.